Welcome back to the podcast and to a new series of episodes that will lead us through the last few hours of Jesus' life as recorded by the gospel writer John. Over the next several weeks, we'll be diving deep into John chapters 13 through 17, and we look forward to having you join us. If you'd like more information about the Traders Point Church of Christ, please visit our website at traderspointchurch.org, and you can find us on Facebook and YouTube as well. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy today's conversation. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us again. We're continuing in our study through John chapters 13 through 17. Well, we've talked for the past several weeks about this conversation that Jesus is having with his closest of confidants here in the last hours, really, of his life on earth. And these chapters, while seeming to span a good period of time, actually all take place primarily in one setting. And so most likely, when you read John chapters 13 through 17, this conversation all takes place within a couple of hours, probably, as Jesus shares some very important things with his apostles before he leaves earth. And so This conversation is really important, and we've talked already about how Jesus is able to share with them some things that he needs them to know, as well as dive into some very deep and intense teaching about some certain things that he wants them to know before he leaves. And so we're going to continue that thought here in chapter 15 today. So we're going to break chapter 15 up into two different episodes, and so today we're going to do verses 1 through 8 of John chapter 15. And Jeremy, before we read those verses, maybe you can just kind of catch us up to speed a little bit. Again, trying to keep in mind that all of this is one conversation, and granted we're doing an episode every week. It seems as if it's it's easy to to make this feel as if it spans a long time. But again, we're in the same conversation, so maybe just catch us up to speed on where we've been. Yeah, I mean, even for us, I mean, here we are, episode number five, so we've already spanned, you know, over a month. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think that is one of the hardest things to kind of keep in your mind, but maybe one of the more important things to keep in your mind, that this this is a conversation that, that took place at one time, at one sitting, in one place, to one group of people. I mean, there were not even people, you know, coming in and out really we know judas has left already uh we we've learned that at the very beginning of this conversation but it's one conversation and you're probably spot on uh, maybe a couple of hours that this you know this process takes place but it's really interesting to see kind of the the revolution of this this conversation right because you had you know how it begins in a very abrupt and surprising way as Jesus washes the disciples' feet and the teaching that comes from that, kind of morphing into his you know, discussion about the fact that he's going to be leaving them. And then the emotion involved, the emotion involved certainly from his end, for sure, which uh, is in play, but also the emotion from the apostles in. And so you have really at the very beginning of chapter 14, Jesus still kind of dealing with that emotion. You know, that well-known passage there, beginning of chapter 14, you know, let not your heart be troubled. Don't be bothered by what I have just told you. But yet he still goes on to kind of elaborate on the fact that he's leaving and they can't come with him now. And, And he kind of explains that. And he talks a little bit about relationship, and that really becomes the big key for this text that we're going to be covering this week, and really the text that we're going to be covering next week is 
you know, kind of towards the end of chapter 14, Jesus kind of elaborates on his relationship with the Father and the significance of that. The passage that we're going to talk about today is kind of our relationship with Christ and God in really a parable form. We don't mm-hmm. reference it a lot as a parable, but you know, a lot of ways that it is. And then the end of chapter 15 is kind of, again, their relationship with each other. And so he's kind of moved past kind of the emotional shock of the beginning of the conversation, and we are really in the meat of this teaching. And it's important to keep in mind, not just that this took place at one time, but the time that this took place, Mm -hmm. that when this conversation is over, they go to the garden where he is arrested and a few hours after that put on the cross. And so this is it. This is the last of conversations in this way that he's going to have. And this is the level of teaching that he wants them to think about relationship and not just his relationship with God, but their relationship with God and ultimately their relationship with each other. Yeah, let's go ahead and read uh, these eight verses together, and then we'll dive into it today. So John chapter 15, beginning in verse number one. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned." If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. This passage, its you made mention of it just a second ago, in almost a story form, parable form. It, it's very vivid in the imagery that Jesus is using here to describe the relationship that he wants and expects us to have with him and with the Father. And we kind of began building on that a little bit in chapter 14 as Jesus talked about the relationship that can be found in him through the obedience to his commands and the role that the Holy Spirit is going to play in that. And so he's continuing to talk about this relationship that is to be formed and then what that relationship leads us to do. And I think that's a really important part of this, and we can we can talk about it as we go uh, through this today. But you know, there is sometimes this this mindset or this notion that that I have to do this, this, and this in order for Jesus to accept me. And the reality is, what Jesus is teaching here is, you are mine. And then you do this, this, and this as a result of that. Right. And so it challenges the perspective of how we think about some of these things. And it's not just here that, that God chooses to do that. But I definitely think at this point in Jesus' life, he's preparing his disciples, his followers, for a time in which he's gone, but he wants them to know that they are his. And there's there's great power in that. And that's going to prepare them to do a lot of good and wonderful things in this world after he is gone. And so this is a really important concept 
uh, for these people to hear at this stage in the game. Yeah, and I think even the visual that Jesus chooses to use here is really helpful because it, it paints a picture of what kind of relationship that he's talking about, that this isn't a, an acquaintance relationship or kind of a cursory relationship or a long-distance relationship as, you know, we may have friends that don't, you know, we don't see very often and they're a long-distance, you know, kind of relationship. But that's not the, that's not the imagery that he uses. He, he uses the word abide. We talked a lot about that last week. It, it is that very intimate, very personal use uh, that Jesus will use about his relationship with the Father, and ultimately their then relationship with us. We saw that in chapter 14. But uh, now the image that he used is connected to Christ, uh, not just close to or not in the same vicinity of mm-hmm. or thinking of. It is connected to. And so he, he paints the picture of whatever you want to think of, a, a tree, a, a bush, you know, some level of vegetation where there is a trunk or there is a branch, and and those things are connected to one another. They they are feeding one another, if you will. And, and, and I think that imagery really becomes an important piece here as we kind of, you know, begin thinking about it yeah and you know if you follow that that imagery that um that jesus is using here and you think about like you mentioned whether it's a tree or a grapevine or whatever it might be the nourishment and the sustenance it comes from the trunk and then it comes up through the branches and then that's ultimately what's going to produce the fruit but it all comes from the nourishment that's provided at the base of the plant or the tree or the whatever it is that we're talking about. And I think Jesus is, is making the same point here that in order for you to bear the fruit that is going to be expected of you, you have to receive the nourishment that's going to be provided to you through the Father. And Jesus has experienced that while he's on earth. There are times where he has been strengthened, and, and he uses that type of an image to, de- to describe the, the strength that he gets from his Father. And I think that same image is now being carried over to those who are going to be followers of his. If we are connected, like you said, to Christ and to the Father, we're going to receive our nourishment and our sustenance through him. And that is ultimately what's then going to allow fruit to be produced. But he even goes as far as to, to say, listen, if, if the fruit's not being produced the way that it's supposed to be, that branch is going to get cut off. And it, it's almost this violent image of, of something being separated from the nourishment and from the source of the sustenance that it needs so desperately. And so we can see how this would work in our lives. I, I thought I had written down in my Bible, Galatians chapter 5, when you get to there and, and Paul describes the fruit of the Spirit. If you are in the Spirit, if you are walking in the Spirit, then what is produced? It's love and joy and peace and all the the fruits of the Spirit that are described there in Galatians chapter 5. Well, those are all produced in one that is connected to the Spirit. And the same image is being given to us here in John chapter 15, that great fruit can come from someone who is connected to the source of nutrition and sustenance that the Lord provides. And so it's so important that we stay connected in that way 
so that we can produce the good fruit that Jesus is describing here. Yeah, and that's the point that he makes really a, a couple of times, that if this is a relationship that you have with me, there will be fruit. I mean, it is, it's not a maybe, or a, right. it, it is a showcase of this relationship, that if this relationship is right, if this relationship is where it needs to be, there's going to be fruit. And so you have you know, a, a passage like this in John 15 and verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. I mean, there's not a will or maybe. It, it is that you will bear much fruit. And even as he closes this context in verse 8, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. And, and so the point is made that this is the determining factor of now your relationship mm-hmm. because you've rightly said, I mean, the picture is given to us, and it is in a kind of a violent image that if there's no fruit there, well, that showcases that there is no relationship. And if there is no relationship, then that branch needs to be cut off and tossed aside. And, and it, it is a violent picture for sure, but it is the the telltale sign of do you have a relationship with Christ or do you not have a relationship with Christ? Mm-hmm. And that that is, again, to, to connect it to something very physical that we can all understand. If you have a plant in your yard and, and that plant is still alive and growing, but there are dead branches on it, well, those have to be cut off so that new growth can occur. And I think that's part of what Jesus is saying here. Listen, I... If, if, if you're going to cease the relationship and cut off yourself from the Lord, well, then we're going to have to cut that off and remove it so that new growth can occur. Otherwise, it's actually going to be a detriment to the plant if that dead branch stays connected. Right. And so you have to remove that. And, and there is some, you know, he talks about earlier on in this, um, in, uh, in verses 2 and 3, about the, the need for pruning to take place. And that, again, as you think about that, it, it can be a, it, what would be a painful process in some ways to be pruned back. But again, doing so for our good so that more growth and more fruit can be produced. And so there's a lot of work being done to maintain the health of this environment that Jesus is talking about. And it's important that we recognize that and that we appreciate the fact that that he understands the need to uh, maintain the health of the overall plant so that fruit can continue to be produced. And it's up to us to be a vibrant part of that plant. We, we have the choice whether or not to stay connected to him in this way. And if we do, what he's saying is just as you talked about a moment ago, this will be the result. You stay connected to the Lord and you, you stay his, this will be the result. And that, that is a really important, and I think a really encouraging thing to remind ourselves of, that fruit will be bore if I stay connected to Christ. It's not something that I'm questioning or unsure of. No, this is what happens when you are part of this plant that's being described here. Yeah, you made mention of verse 2. It, it really becomes a pretty important part of this process that I think maybe we miss sometimes. But it, it is, you know, the idea, you know, by way of application for us, I mean, the easy application is thinking about certainly God's Word and what it's in, intended to do or what it certainly has the power to do. And read passages 
you know, like in Hebrews chapter 4 about, you know, the word of God is, you know, sharper than any two-edged sword, and it is living, and it is powerful, and it digs in deep into the joints and the marrow. I mean, it digs in there, right? Well, that's what God's word is is all about. If To the open heart, to the honest heart, to the one desiring to have a strong relationship with God, when God's word is open, it goes to work on us, mm-hmm. and, and it prunes out the places that need to be pruned out, right? It puts us in the position that we need to in, we need to be in. And so that is God working, working through his word. It's us getting rid of, you know, those bad places, right? So that, so that we can bear much fruit, so that we're a healthy branch. And that's ultimately what we want. We want to be healthy when it comes to, you know, our relationship with God. And as you said, I don't then have to be so cognizant and thinking of, well, I've got to bear fruit. I've got to bear fruit. I've got to bear fruit. Well, this passage is teaching that if my relationship with Christ is where it needs to be, fruit is a byproduct of that. And so we really now need to be focusing, you know, in our relationship with Christ and who he is. So much of this has to, hopefully anyway, give the apostles comfort in the days to come. Now, whether or not they fully grasp and understand all of it now, that's certainly up for debate. But in the coming days, as we get into the pages of Acts and we start to see what's taking place after Jesus has ascended back up into heaven, I I have to imagine that passages like this and teachings like this from Christ would bring so much comfort to these men in the same way that it should bring so much comfort to us today that it is not my focus to produce fruit, like you said. I just need to be God's. I need to strengthen that relationship. That's what he he's going to do all the hard work. He's going to provide everything that I need. He's going to do everything. I just need to be connected to him. I need to focus on my relationship with God. And if I get that right, and if that is the deep and meaningful relationship that he wants us to have with him, then everything else will take care of itself. And that has to be, to those men, it has to be so comforting when they think about the abundance of work and the challenges that face them. But I think it's the same for us today. There there are a lot of ways in which we could get ourselves all worked up over the challenges that we face day in and day out. And am I producing the kind of fruit that God wants me to produce? And just focus on your relationship with God. Focus on that day in and day out. And and the deeper that gets and the more meaningful that relationship becomes, the more fruit that's going to be produced and the more vibrant that relationship is going to be and the more good that comes from it. And that is so comforting. God is going to take care of all of this for us. He is the source of all good things. He will take care of it. And, and so that, that provides me, I think, with the same type of comfort that it hopefully provided the apostles at this point and in the days that are going to follow to just realize from their perspective how simple this instruction is that God's giving them. Yeah, I think a key component to really this conversation, certainly in context of where it's sitting here in John chapter 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17, 
is this idea of comfort. You know, let, you know, we've talked about already, let's not lose sight about what Jesus, not long before this, has, has told them, right? It has been an emotional ride of a conversation. Mm-hmm. And, and so we, we see a, a statement that's made here that's certainly comforting, almost identical to a statement that he makes in chapter 14. I mean, almost word for word. And I, and I, I don't know if I've caught it before, but I certainly, you know, caught it, you know, today as we are reading it again. But, you know, verse 7, you know, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Almost exactly what he has already told them. Mm-hmm. And this is that idea that, listen, Jesus, who has been everything for them for years, I mean, he has he has provided everything for them. And he's told them, I'm, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going away physically going away but it doesn't mean that we're leaving you empty-handed, mm-hmm. right? And so he continues to remind them, continues to remind them that, that God, that Christ, the, the Holy Spirit, we've seen all uh, uh, forms of all of deity being mentioned already in this conversation, but they're going to be there for them. And whatever they need, it's going to be provided for them. I, I, I don't know uh, how you could be comforted more. <laughs> Than you know, a statement like that. And now Jesus is reiterating this from something that he had just said uh, just a moment before. That's a great point. I hadn't necessarily connected that either, but you're right. He he is. And again, the level of comfort that has to come from knowing that God is going to take care of everything and anything that you might need, all you have to do is ask and he's going to take care of it. I mean, if somebody were to come in here and, and say that to us in a very physical sense, Hey, for tomorrow, anything you need, you just let me know. And we, we kind of throw that phrase out there from time to time, even though we understand our, our capabilities perhaps are limited in what we could actually do for someone. But anything you need, just let me know. Well, that, that brings comfort to us because I know like, if I come across something and I do need some help, I have somebody who has already offered to help me with that. On a scale infinitely higher than that, God is doing that here. Whatever you need. Whatever you need, I will provide it for you. And we can have full confidence that he, unlike you and I and those who may offer for us, he's actually capable of providing anything and everything that we would need. And that that is just so empowering in in so many ways. And then I I think when we get down into verse number 8, as he kind of closes the section that we're studying today anyway, I think verse number 8 kind of puts a bow on all of this because it gives us the why and what this all is intended to accomplish. Okay, I'm, I'm producing all of this fruit. I have this relationship with God. What is, what's the purpose of all of this? Well, verse 8, by this my Father may be glorified. That is why fruit is produced. That's why we seek this relationship with God, because we want Him to be glorified. He is the giver of all things. He is the provider of everything that we need. And so our works and our fruit and everything else that comes from this relationship brings glory to him. And that's what it's all about. That, that really should be what our lives are dedicated to. We are here to glorify God, and everything that we do is meant to do just that. We know that it was Jesus' focus. I mean, again, in this conversation, we'll get to it probably a few weeks from now, but as this conversation is closed and Jesus prays in John 17, the very beginning of that is solely 
focused on the fact that God's going to be glorified Mm -hmm. in all things that Jesus the Son does. And so that's where Jesus' focus is. And certainly, as he's leaving, you know, all of this important teaching to his apostles and to us, it needs also to be our focus. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and stop there for the day. Hopefully this was uh, an encouraging conversation for you. We're going to pick up in verse number 9 next week. So hopefully you can join us for that as we continue our study through John 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17.